Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is season two, episode 17, My Worst Trip. Please remember, if you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating and review an Apple podcast or wherever you listen. Okay, so I figured I end this year with a horror story because why not? (laughs) I need to give a disclaimer first. If you are an aspiring or new corporate flight attendant, please know that this type of trip has only happened once in hundreds of trips and has never happened again. It is an anomaly, so please don't think that this is a norm or be scared off from the industry. Also, this podcast would be incredibly boring if I came on every week saying, oh, that trip went perfectly, and the packs and the crew were awesome, the end. Yeah, no. In saying all this, let's discuss my worst trip. I had to write down all the details because it was so bad, and I wanted to give you the full experience, and I wanted to have all the details and nuances in there, and when you hear about it, you're going to say no way that didn't happen. That is no way. But this all actually happened. In fact, I went back into my corporate flight attendant email, which I only check maybe twice a year, and I was able to bring up the trip sheets and the debriefing. So I made sure that my memory was correct and it was correct. Okay, several years ago in 2018, I was asked to do this contract trip to San Francisco, Sedona, Arizona, and Hawaii. It was for 10 days and the trip started in Teterboro, New Jersey, which you all know is a hub of corporate aviation. It's right outside New York City. On paper, it all looked good. The captain called me up and he seemed fine and mentioned that they were looking to hire a full-time flight attendant for this account and that the owners are extremely nice and they fly great places. You guys know that I wasn't ever interested in full-time. I wanted to keep contract, but I was like, sure, why not? I'll audition. And the captain mentioned that they would be auditioning other FAs as well. So this trip I was going to do with them was my interview slash audition. Okay, this little detail will come into play later. Before we left for the trip, at the hangar, the pilots were interviewing mechanics Keep in mind, this was a new account for the management company. So the pilots had just been hired and they were looking to hire the rest of the crew. I briefly met a female mechanic who was an applicant. I remember shaking her hand, exchanging niceties, and then I had to go to work. But the pilots seemed to like her. And then we departed on the first leg of the trip. So we, meaning the two pilots and myself. The plane was beautiful. I remember it being a G650. The owners were a nice older couple, very nice people, and their requests were very low maintenance. I remember the wife wanted white flowers on the credenza for every flight. As we flew to San Francisco, the flight was uneventful. But then when we were at the hotel, I started seeing cracks in the foundation I had to submit my pay for every leg of the trip. It was very strange, and I had worked for this company before and many times after. I had never seen this done before because usually what you do is you have a 10-day trip. You submit your expenses to be reimbursed, and you submit your daily rate paper, meaning 
I make X amount of dollars a day that's agreed upon times 10 days. So you owe me this much and you submit documentation for that and that's how you get paid. My daily rate or the rate they were supposed to pay me, the captain tried to screw me out of the rate as much as he could. And this was from the get-go. This was from... I think the second day on the trip, because I remember having a breakfast conversation with him, he was saying that the day before I only worked half a day and that my agreed upon rate was actually lower, but I had all the emails confirming the rate. And I had those emails between not only him, but the company and myself and him. So he couldn't, he couldn't dispute that. Then we flew from San Francisco to Sedona, which I was really looking forward to, and we had an issue with the aircraft. When we landed, they had to bring a mechanic on board to figure out the problem, and that's when I started to realize who I was dealing with. Okay, so here's what happened. When we landed, I want to say it was around 10 a.m. in the morning, And I thought it was going to be a very simple issue, which is my bad. I should have known better. And I have to say, they did give me the out. And they said, you can just go back to the hotel, take an Uber, go back to the hotel, check yourself in. No big deal. We'll take care of this. I was auditioning, even though I didn't want the job, but I still wanted, you know, it's still good for people to think, okay, you're part of the crew and that you're easy to work with and all this. So I decided to stay on board okay, worst case scenario, I'll just bring the pilot's lunch and at least they'll have that and blah, blah, blah. It ended up being a six-hour thing. So I lost pretty much that whole day in Sedona, which sucked because I was really looking forward to it. So that was on me. That was my fault. (laughs) Um, So uh, what's the moral of the story here? When the pilots give you the out, take the out. Don't try to be the hero and be like, oh, I'll stay with you. I'll help you. Because you don't know. This issue could be hours and hours and hours. So just take the out. What I found during those six hours was both pilots had a Jekyll and Hyde personality. And I know a lot of my younger listeners don't know that reference. What it means is they were nice to me one moment and total assholes the next. It was like whiplash. For example, the co-pilot kept commanding me to get water, but rudely, such as get me water. You know, a normal person would say, hey, Jen, do you mind getting us a couple of waters and saying thank you? He would just turn around and be like, get me water, get me this, get me that. It was the weirdest thing. Then 10 minutes later, he would be very nice and talk to me about his family or his kids. The captain was absolutely obsessed with his wife. To this day, I have never seen anything like it. He would FaceTime his wife all the time. And I mean, all the time. After we landed, he would FaceTime her on the aircraft, in the FBO, in the car to the hotel, during dinner, on the drive to dinner. It was bizarre. And they would talk as if we weren't there, like, hey, baby, you look good today. (laughs) I swear I'm not making this up. I remember at one point, the captain said to me, God, I can't wait to get back and bang the shit out of my wife, which, listen, you know, I'm not conservative. I think you guys know that. And if it were said as kind of a joke, I would have laughed, but he was creepy and it was creepy. 
and I was sick of hearing their personal conversations and I knew so much about their life. It was it was shit I didn't want to know and they had four kids and the four kids were running around in the background. It was bizarre. So, you know, I didn't love that comment. <laughs> it's like, I really don't need to hear more about your personal life, you know? The co-pilot was a legend in his own mind. He would brag about some aviation award he won years ago. And that was his main story for the entire trip. I heard this story maybe three times in 10 days. He would brag about his family and took a cue from the captain's behavior and FaceTime them. And so he had built up his family as these intellectual, majestic, supermodel type people. And when he introduced them to me, unfortunately, I didn't want him to, but he did on FaceTime. They were the rudest, most unattractive wife and kids you could imagine. (laughs) And I don't like to pick apart anyone's looks. I'm not that person, but I'm telling you from what he said to what they are, it was kind of funny. And you know, in this industry, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but you'll find out that when pilots show you pictures of their wives and, and, and husbands, I want to include everyone, right? And husbands or spouses or partners, I want to be inclusive, of course. They're usually pretty hot. Like you're like, damn, like your wife's pretty hot. Like you usually, <laughs> I'm actually shocked by how many hot wives I've seen over photos and just regular photos of them, not them posing in a, you know, in a sexy way or anything like that. So I have to say that was a little shocking too, because I'm used to seeing all these hot wives. And then all of a sudden I see the dregs of society that are his uh, family. (laughs) I have to say in my years working in any industry, I have truly never seen anything as unprofessional as what I'm about to say. Okay, again, keep this in mind. I'm technically interviewing or auditioning for their full-time FA job, right? This trip is my audition. In car trips, on the phone, they were interviewing other FAs right in front of me as if I wasn't there, meaning the pilots were literally conducting interviews in front of me. They would call the FAs and interview them over the phone. And then after they hung up with them, they would even go a step farther and analyze them in front of me. (laughs) Now, I didn't want the job going in and I definitely didn't want it at that point. But come on, guys, that's that's insulting. That's not showing any respect for me. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you don't want the job. It's so disrespectful. Imagine if that was done to them or done to anyone. So there you go. So this type of rude, nice behavior was nonstop, whether we were at dinner or in flight. They were nice and then they were rude. Keep in mind, I couldn't report them only because as I later learned, the management company would hire bottom feeder pilots. So they wouldn't have cared. They're a large management company that desperately needs pilots. So they always take the pilot's side. Meanwhile, in Sedona, the pilots and I went on a hike and I was in good hiking shape at that time. I can say that, but they were being weird and competitive with me. So they pretty much hiked slash ran and I could barely keep up. I actually have a picture of me side planking on a rock in Sedona and the pilots took the picture and I'll try to remember to put it on Instagram 
the day this episode drops. So I will, yeah, I'll make a mental note of that. But uh, yeah, so you can imagine like the one thing you're looking forward to is going on this hike because this was a day, I believe, after the plane had broken down. So I was like, oh, yeah, we get to go on this really cool hike. And I've been on the hike before and I'd been to Sedona a couple of times. I love being in that energy vortex and they totally killed it for me. And again, I know what you're thinking why didn't you just say, go fuck yourself? Why didn't you just say, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Keep in mind, I was just trying to be a good crew member. Now I know differently. I would have just said, you know what? You guys go your way. I'm just going to take it slow my way and not caused any waves. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, what, what, what can you do? I did what I did and no regrets, right? <laughs> Between the whiplash, the weirdness, and the captain still trying to screw me out of pay because he was still trying to do that, I was losing my mind. I called my husband and vented, which I had never done before, and I asked him if this was normal pilot behavior, and he answered, what do you think? Of course it wasn't, and this was my first time I had to decide whether to leave the trip or not. But the packs were really nice and low maintenance, and the next destination was Hawaii. <sighs> and after <laughs> and after several days of sitting in Hawaii, the management company was flying me home first class, so I stayed. All right, so when we got to Hawaii, again, this trip was just, you know, it was mostly okay with logistics, but there were a couple times it wasn't. There was something with the hotel where one room wasn't ready. And when you have this type of situation, the pilots, if they're gentlemen, usually say, and by the way, there's female pilots, so I don't want to just say gentlemen, but I guess I have to make it gender specific at this point. If they're gentlemen, they will always give that available room to the flight attendant. Always, it's kind of like a rule of thumb. They both took the rooms. So I was the asshole that had to sit out there with my luggage in the lobby waiting for, I don't think it was that long, maybe an hour, an hour and a half for a room. But it was a dick thing to do. I remember calling my husband and he's like, where are you? And I told him what happened. He said, God, these guys are such assholes. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's not just me at this point, right? So Hawaii was pretty much the same, except I kept more to myself. I had dinner with the co-pilot. For some reason, the captain, I don't know if they had switched out pilots or something, but I remember him being gone a lot during Hawaii. I can't remember why, whatever the reason was. I had dinner with the co-pilot who bragged about... <laughs> <laughs> that award again, his so-called aviation achievement even more. And then I think I did a hike with the co-pilot and he acted, I have to say, when he was separate from the captain, he acted more like a human being and he was much better on that hike and much more easy to deal with. But I only did one dinner with him and one hike in maybe four or five days. By the trip's end, I was over it. I couldn't stand the energy and what douchebags these two pilots were. I had never experienced behavior like that. Yes, I've dealt with a bad dynamic between pilots, especially when one douche rubs off on the nicer guy and then they both act like douches. But this was just over the top weird. I think it was a combination of sexism, 
having no sense of CRM, crew resource management, or acting like a crew, extreme narcissism, gaslighting with the pay issue, and the delusion that because they were in charge on this account, they could treat people however they wanted. Because I had found out later that this was the first time they were in charge of an account. A year later, I talked with two FA friends separately who worked on the same account with these same two asshole pilots, and they had the exact same experience. And when I mean the exact same experience, we exchanged notes. Both of them, who are exceptional FAs, also debated leaving their trips, which is something they never done before, something I'd never done before. It was nice to receive confirmation that I wasn't crazy. So I apologize. I have to backtrack to that detail. When I was venting on the phone with my husband, I believe it was in Sedona, I was about to leave the trip. That's why I was venting. I was like, I am so close to just packing my shit, saying, go fuck yourself and leave this trip. I was getting to that point and that's why I stayed because it was one more day and then we were moving on to Hawaii and all of that. All right, so do you remember the detail of when the pilots were interviewing the mechanic at the hangar and I met a female mechanic candidate? Well, they did end up hiring her and one of my FA friends, the one that I was talking about, um, the two friends that went on this account, one of them went on a long trip with the pilots and the mechanic. And it was longer than mine. I want to say it was two weeks. And she is an excellent FA, but she's young. And they ganged up on her, they meaning the pilots and the mechanic, who, keep in mind, the mechanic's a woman, ganged up on her and bullied her the entire time with insults about her age, intelligence, etc. And uh, all I have to say is like attracts like. The law of attraction, <laughs> totally in full force. And my friend nearly left that trip. She was so upset about everything. And, and I get it. I get it. So what happened to these two pilots. This is why I love the universe because karma is a bitch. The captain got fired for reasons I don't know. And apparently the captain they hired in his place basically (laughs) bullies the co-pilot to this day, which is awesome. Sorry, but it is. I heard this through the grapevine. Oh, and then I found out from my pilot friends that the original captain flew for a major corporation and the other pilots who are my friends who flew for that corporation hated him. The pilots at this corporation would have a yearly get together because they were all so close and the corporation no longer exists. And the captain was the only one they did not invite. (laughs) I also found out that the co-pilot was massively exaggerating his aviation accomplishments and that no one could stand him at his former company too. And they were so happy when he left. And I also heard that he basically got run out of there, that no one was nice to him in the end. So uh, yeah. So what did I learn from this trip? I learned that if something is off, you're not crazy. It's not just you. 
Sometimes you meet a horrible person or in this case, horrible people. I also learned that when you have this situation, the best thing to do is just leave, leave. Now I'm not saying that you have to leave on the trip. That's not what I'm saying. Because if you, you know, you want to, you see the writing on the wall, which took me a little while. And by Hawaii, I hardly saw them except for that one dinner and that one hike, right? I saw them. I actually saw only one of them twice in five days. Then fine. You just go off and you realize how they are and you do your own thing. But what I'm saying by leave, if you get hired onto an account full time, and you see the writing on the wall, then I hate to say it, there's always more accounts out there, which is a good thing, but I hate to say it, you have to leave. People like this do not change. And in this case, even if you go to HR and complain, it's not worth it unless you have hardcore documentation. I also learned from another situation that I observed, don't wait until you have a year's worth of documentation Start documenting incident by incident so HR has an email trail. This situation was weird because I didn't work full-time for the company. It was my first trip with them. And again, I knew the company would back the pilots, especially if they just hired them and it's desperate for pilots. This company hires the scrub pilots. I've seen it time and time again with them. So because of that, I knew that they weren't going to back me up. Even if I had that email trail, I knew someone who was an FA at this company and in in my humble opinion, got massively screwed over with them. So I just, you know, I actually stopped taking trips from them. I didn't like them for with a lot of things I was seeing with how flight attendants were treated. And it was funny because when I went back to my email, and I saw that this company offered me a trip. They, I guess they think I'm still flying, right? So they offered me this trip and I don't like the way they do it. They do it in mass. They do it like they'll send out the email to, I don't, I don't even know what their email list is. Let's just say 25 flight attendants and whoever responds first gets a job. I don't vibe with that at all because if you have respect for the flight attendants and for females especially, because flight attendants, of course, can be males or non-binary, but we're talking females here, then what you do is you do what every other company does and you send out the emails one by one and you wait five minutes. You send out the texts one by one, you wait five minutes, right? That's all you do. And then if they don't respond or they say no, then you move on to the next person, but you give that person respect. You give the flight attendant respect. So I'm glad I don't work for them anymore. My email inbox was filled with really annoying, obnoxious emails from them, uh, like about people's birthdays. And I mean, you got to give me a break. You know what I mean? Who has time for that? So I thought I'd be extremely activated (laughs) reliving this experience, but I'm cool. I'm actually cool. I thought I'd be really angry and having dreams about it, but I wasn't. So I hope you enjoyed hearing about my worst trip and may this bullshit never happen to you. But if it does happen to you, you now know how to handle it. As a small holiday bonus, I am dropping my end of year recap mini episode on Friday, December 23rd, 2022. After that episode, I am taking a break until mid-February because I have to return to writing my book which has everything to do with being a corporate flight attendant. So yay, 
I have a master's degree in creative writing. I'm going back to fiction and that's all I'll say for now, but I'm, I'm very excited about this book. And remember to check out my store that's listed in the show notes for my CFA book and list bundle. And I see you guys are buying them and I thank you so much because it really supports this podcast and helps me. Until next time, happy flying.